This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. NASCAR America, Carolyn Mano with you, joined by our Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, along with our racing analyst Jeff Burton and Steve Letarte. We have a packed house for good reason today. NASCAR has announced the 2019 rules package for the Monster Energy Cup Series. Let's take a look at what we're dealing with here. So here are the key features. The cars will have increased downforce with a taller spoiler, a larger splitter, and a wider radiator pan. Additionally, we are going to see reduced horsepower from 750 to 550 at intermediate tracks, and aero ducts are going to be used to create tighter racing on a majority of the bigger ovals. Those are the two big takeaways. Earlier today, NASCAR Chief Racing Development Officer Steve O'Donnell shared more details on the package with our Nate Ryan. Steve O'Donnell among the NASCAR officials here at the R&D Center today who unveiled the 2019 rules package. Steve, I think the big takeaway is the horsepower is going to be about 550 next year down from this season. Tell us what the objective of that is and how do you think it will impact the racing? Yeah, I think overall we looked at the combination between horsepower and, and the aero package. And you know, if you look back at the all-star race, uh, fans loved, but one of the takeaways from the drivers was you know more on throttle time and what could we do to make an adjustment. So we did that. We went up from 400 to 550. We matched that up uh, in terms of the aero package. I think it's a good good fit for where Goodyear can be to develop tires and ultimately ended up in a really good spot for those tracks. And uh, as, as you look at this, Steve, why would you make the change? Because you guys have had a lot of good races lately. Bristol, Las Vegas, the Roval, uh, Indianapolis. Why make the change now for 2019? Great question. I think we're always looking to improve. And, and one of the things you look at is not just next year, but where do we want to go in the future and, and how do we do that? This package was one that as you looked at kind of quarter entry speeds and, and you know, we've got some of the best engineers in the world who, who work on the current package, those speeds have gotten higher and higher. It makes it more difficult to develop a tire around that package. The racing groove tends to get narrower as well. So one of the things we wanted to look to do was, was really put it back in the driver's hands. Uh, the foundation of NASCAR is that the drivers and the cars are the stars. We want to get back to that, get a little bit out of the wind tunnel and, and back to the racetrack. How was this decision arrived at, Steve? Because initially, I think you guys were looking at potentially using this package at specific races. And now, as it turns out, you guys are going to have one package for virtually a whole year. It'll be a little bit of adjustable type format. How did you guys arrive at that decision? Yeah, probably the most collaborative process since I've been at NASCAR in terms of, you know, over two years talking to the OEMs, the team owners, uh, the engine builders, Goodyear, uh, trying to get to the most efficient package, but also what we thought would be the best from a side-by-side -side racing perspective at track. And as we talked and, and beat some things up about the number of races, you know, we landed on as many as possible in terms of really putting our, our best foot forward in, in a package that we all believed in, uh, created some efficiencies certainly for the industry as well, but I think most importantly set us up uh, for the future in terms of that Gen 7 direction we want to go to and, and see how that plays out on the racetrack. You mentioned driver input, Steve. Some drivers have, ex 
expressed some reservations about how much input they would have into a package with less horsepower. What do you anticipate the reaction will be specifically from drivers, and how would you answer those concerns? Yeah, I think um, you know we're going to have to to see how it plays out, right? And and drivers have their opinions, and and that's that's a, a loud voice in our industry, which we understand. Um, so in this case, I think we've listened. We've tried to make some adjustments as far as where we were with the All Star race and where we're going in terms of uh, where we ultimately landed on this package. Um, but I think the drivers recognize that um, we're doing something for the future of the sport. And the ones I've talked to want to see how it plays out and, and are kind of wait and see. All right. Well, we'll be wait and see for next year here as well. We got a glimpse of the future 2019 rules package announced here by NASCAR at the R&D Center today. Nate, thank you. So, Jeff, I'll start with you. Quite simply, how significant are these changes? I, this is huge for the sport. This is a major change from where we are today. Uh, after trying something at the All-Star Package, trying something at, at the Xfinity level, and then using all of the technology that's available to NASCAR today that never has been before because of uh, the, the OEMs making available the simulators, all their data that they can use to help develop a package, uh, and a package that NASCAR believes is going to put a better race on the racetrack so that when fans go to mile-and-a-half racetracks, they see a good race. When they go to Phoenix, they see a good race and not take it out of the driver's hands. That's a major key. So uh, to, to do it this way, the way it was done throughout the whole industry, and the end result being closer racing uh, by, by reducing some power at places, by adding some drag, doing all those things together, this is a big change for the sport. Uh, I'm really interested to watch. There's some racetracks I know that it's going to be better at. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to make a better race at Indy. It's going to make a better race at Charlotte. Uh, there's some other racetracks I feel good about. You know, there's some other tracks that I just don't know. And I, I think it's, you know, the, the whole industry is that same way. I don't know about Atlanta. I don't know how it's going to affect it at Atlanta, but it's going to be fascinating to watch and see who can figure it out. Because it's still going to be a race. I mean, somebody's still going to figure it out and do it better than anybody else. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, one size rarely fits all. And you heard the question from Nate. There was a conversation that we we're going to have multiple different rules for multiple different venues to try to provide the best racing. And I think when you really get down to the, the nuts and bolts of that, while it seems great, it's not really reality. Because I'm not sure that we have enough of a business model to support that. The teams can't support that. And in the end, we have to have great teams. We have to have great drivers. And we have to have a business model that encourages them to be in the sport. And I think that's kind of how it's trended to this. Um, it is definitely not consistent all year long. Those two different engine combinations will be a big variation from track to track. Um, and the downforce, while they have all the same components, I think that they will race different. So when you talk about the rules package, I looked a little bit different than the NASCAR graphic. Where I look at it is this. You're going to have a big spoiler splitter and radiator pan. That, that's really in the minutia. What's that really mean? A lot of downforce. These cars are going to have a lot of downforce because of that. We're going to have a couple different engine configurations. The 750 horsepower, that's what we run this year. There are already tapered spacers on the cars this year. Currently in 2018, we're going to continue to run that at the short tracks and the road courses. Reduced horsepower at Darlington and all the bigger tracks. And then aero ducts. Anytime you don't need cooling to the brakes, you're going to see the aero ducts at all the big tracks. We saw them in the Xfinity Series. I thought the Xfinity race at uh, Indianapolis was outstanding, and that's the type of racing I expect this package to present. Carol, one thing that this package is not intended to do, and I think the big misconception about this package is that Talladega, that Daytona wants to, that, that, that the guys at Daytona with NASCAR want to create pack racing. They want racing like we see at Daytona and Talladega, and that's not what the objective is here. The objective is certainly to get the drivers closer together, certainly to put the drivers in a position where they can be aggressive and make passes. Uh, it, but it's not to create 
more Daytona races than Talladega races. And I think whenever somebody hears reducing power, that's immediately what goes to their mind. But uh, NASCAR made a great point today, and they're 100% right. You know, power, downforce, drag, all those things work together. And you can go to Daytona with 550 horsepower, which is a, which is a lot more power yeah. than, than what they currently have, and run the same speed, depending on what kind of drag the cars make. So all those things work together, but there is no intention from NASCAR uh, in working with this package to create pack racing like we see at restricted plate races, what currently is restricted plate races. Well, I'd be very vocal if that was the goal because I still want to see the best teams and best drivers win. I mean, Dale Jarrett, you and I, when we race against one another, when I was with Jeff Gordon, you were in the 88, I'm guessing 700, 750 horsepower is what we had. And when you look at the lap times, they have been going down significantly. They're two, two and a half, three seconds faster at Darlington than when you and I were battling for Southern 500 wins. So at some times you just have to correct purely for technology. Yeah, you're exactly right. There, there's so many layers to this, and I'm not going to get in. They did a great job of explaining all of that. What does it mean for the drivers here? And, and I think I've said for a long time that speed doesn't always equate to better racing. So sometimes you're just so much on that edge that it can't create the side-by-side -side racing, which is what this sport was built on. Now, we're not, again, as Jeff Burton just pointed out, not looking for pack racing, but we hear these drivers talk about so many times as they get closer to another car, they can't get any closer than that even though they may be faster they can't get to that rear bumper we're trying to do things here that might help in that type of a situation it, it, and the, something that i heard from the drivers when this all started to be talked about and i'm not going to point out uh, exactly who said that we'll hear from the drivers this weekend i feel quite certain when they get to dover and start getting questions about this but one thing that they talked about was they want to be relevant they want to be important and they were afraid it was taking it somewhat out of their hands this is going to bring it's always skill sets that different drivers have to have. Some drivers do great on the short tracks. Others are great road racers. Others love the, the plate tracks and win their races there. Others are better on the mile and a half and two mile racetracks. So it's always a different skill set. And, and, you know, as, as Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon and Kyle Larson and others came from different backgrounds of, of racing on dirt and things, they drove different type of cars there. So they had to adjust to the cars that had bigger wings, that had bigger engines, and do things differently there. They're going to be having to adapt to something that's different here. But I really believe all this is done. I applaud NASCAR for doing something, looking to the future, not waiting around. This had to be done. It was never going to get cheaper to do all of this for the teams. So the drivers are, again, they're going to be put in different situations than what they have been, but they will adapt to that. And I think that changes will be made when necessary. And so uh, I really believe that this is something that's going to be great for the future uh, of NASCAR racing. It, it had yeah, to, yeah, DJ. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry, Carolyn. I want to I want to uh, address what DJ said because I, I agree with him 100. percent I, I and I want to tell the fans at home. You know, when 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 you watch a truck race, right? <laughs> yeah. Or you watch an Xfinity race, they don't run the same power as a Cup car. And when you watch a truck race, that is essentially kind of the package. It's not the package by any means, but we think about it: lower horsepower, higher drag. And when I watch these races and the race is over, I don't think. Well, golly, that guy's not a very good driver, right? They get after it. They race hard. They go at it from the time they drop the green flag because the package requires them to do that. And that's going to be more like what we're going to see in the Cup Series next year. That's my opinion. That's what I believe what's going to happen. So I don't look at that Truck Series. And, and by the way, show me in the Truck Series all of the people that win all these races all the time that aren't good drivers. <laughs> like, I don't see it. Like, I see people that are, win these truck races that are really good race car drivers. So... 
I just think that's that's what we're going to see. I don't believe that we're taking that the the uh, the ability to win races is being taken out of the drivers' hands because of this package. If anything, I think it is going to, as Dale said, it's going to be a different skill set. But you're still the guy with the most skill is always going to have an advantage, and that's no different going into next year. Well, and the argument is speed. Some of the most captivating races we see throughout the year are some of the slowest. I'll go to Eldora on the dirt. It's probably the slowest truck race we'll see all year long. Martinsville, one of the slowest racetracks we go to, yet the racing is spectacular. Just this last week at the Roval, that infield section is one of the slowest sections of every racetrack we go to all year long. So, you know, speed is great, and we throw these numbers around. Carolyn, I've never gone, or I've definitely never driven over about 120 miles an hour. So who am I to say we need to run 170 versus 190? As long as the racing is more entertaining for me to watch and the best drivers still have the biggest advantage because they're the most talented, then I'm a fan of whatever the rules may be. I was thinking about the Roval when you started making that point, Steve, because that was extremely exciting. But the thing I was going to ask DJ, and now I actually just want to ask you, DJ said this was something that ultimately was going to have to be done. And I think the most compelling question that Nate Ryan asked Steve O'Donnell was the simplest one, which is why is this decision being made? I mean, from your viewpoint, he mentioned tires and he mentioned the desire to push things forward and giving this back to the drivers, putting it back in their hands. Do you think this is a decision that ultimately had to be made? Is this where everything was heading? Well, I think, you know, it's a little bit of a cliche, but in hockey they always say you have to skate to where the puck's going, not where the puck is currently. And I think this is NASCAR having the vision to get out in front of it, and there's not one answer. This decision helps Goodyear, a very important partner. It helps the race fan. That's probably the number one concern. It also helps multiple times, Steve O'Donnell today said, more OEMs, more manufacturers. Toyota, Ford, and Chevrolet are huge in this sport. They are the lifeblood of the sport. And what I understand is going this direction with this amount of horsepower and this type of rule package perhaps will add some the opportunity for new manufacturers. So it's a, it's a long-winded answer, Carolyn, but I think the truth is there are many reasons why change was needed. Yeah, and to expand on that a little bit, fans might say, well, why do we need more manufacturers? If more, if more manufacturers want to get involved, that brings more money in to more teams. So right now, where Joe Gibbs Racing is the Toyota group that we look at, and Hendrick Motorsports has a lot of the Chevrolet money that is there, uh, Penske and, and Stuart Haas has that Ford money. Well, if we split that out, then some of these teams that aren't getting a lot of money from these uh, from these manufacturers because the most money is being spent right there, you spread that out, that makes them or gives them the opportunity to be able to spend more money and be more competitive so that brings more people into the mix this is definitely a conversation that has the potential to go down a very technical rabbit <laughs> hole for a, in a lot of different directions but we want it to be a conversation that everybody can have together that sure. every fan can understand um, if you have questions you've been sending them our way all day using the hashtag nascar america continue to do that doesn't have to be a question it can be reaction uh, we're going to get to as many as we can over the next hour and fans have sent in some really good questions yep. already that we're going to pose to all three of our analysts when we come back. Also coming up, man, we're going back to the Roval. Desperation, determination, loud and clear over the scanners on Elimination Sunday. You really don't want to miss scan all this time, the Charlotte Roval edition. Plus, after scoring his first career Xfinity Series win, is Chase Briscoe still on cloud nine? Dave Burns caught up with him today to find out. We'll bring you that interview, that, and of course, more reaction to today's big news on the way right here on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
Welcome back, everybody. Chase Briscoe made history Saturday by becoming the first driver to win on the Charlotte Roval. It was the first Xfinity Series win of the 23-year-old Indiana native's career, and he's been busy working his way through Ford's development system. Briscoe joined Dave Burns earlier today at the Stuart Haas Race Shop. Hey, Carolyn, we've caught up with the winner in the Xfinity Shops of Stuart Haas Racing with Biagi Denbeste. And Chase, after the win on Saturday, there's a lot to do. You get to spray some champagne. You get a lot of congratulations. Understand a phone call from your hero as well? Yeah, it was uh, really cool seeing everybody, you know, all the drivers first off coming up after, you know, the checkered flag coming up, revving the motors, pumping their fists, and then getting in victory lane and having, you know, my hero Tony Stewart call me. Uh, it was definitely cool. And then getting on Twitter, uh, seeing guys like Dale Jr., you know, Kevin Harvick, all those guys texted me. Jeff Gordon texted me. So uh, it was uh, definitely a really cool day. So I, this is a hard question to ask, but for a guy that won in a truck at Eldora earlier this year and now has won his first Xfinity Series race, which one's bigger? Man, that's tough. You know, personally, obviously, the, the dirt at Eldora. For a dirt guy, Eldora is kind of the Daytona, the dirt, dirt world. And, uh, man, that, that Xfinity win's pretty special. So I think with that, how much everything had, had been a struggle, you know, honestly, this year on the Xfinity side, just getting that first win, uh, putting it off my first year, and on a road course, nonetheless, was uh, such a big deal. So. No Eldora, I felt like I was not expected to go in, but I knew I was going to run good, just having dirt background, but the road course, I woke up Saturday morning not expecting that all to go in, to be completely honest with you, so uh, it's definitely been surreal. Well, so when did it sort of click into you that, hey, we might have a shot here? Uh, honestly, with about five to go, and I still had a lead, and it was like 15, 20 car lengths. I was honestly just waiting for the caution to come out. I knew with how my season had gone, the caution was going to come. Uh, and then once I got the white flag, I knew as long as I didn't screw it up, you know, and run off the racetrack, I was going to be all right. So I, I honestly don't know if it's still sunk in yet. It seems like every morning I wake up, and it's, hey, we won Charlotte at the Roval. So uh, it's a pretty special day, though, and just can't thank all the guys at Stuart Haas, Biagi, Dembesti, and everybody. Uh, that just believes in me. Ford's given me so many opportunities this year between running the Xfinity side, running the Eldora truck race, running the IMSA sports car stuff. So uh, without them, you know, just they put me in the best race cars I can each and every weekend, and it's nice to be able to reward them with wins. Did I hear a story too, Chase, that the uh, dirt track at Eldora actually helped pave the way to victory lane at the Roval? Yeah, it honestly kind of did there. After, you know, seven, eight laps on our tires at the Roval, it was so slick in the infield part that, you know, center off on every corner, you were barely half throttle just trying to keep it hooked up. And it, it correlated a little bit with sprint cars, but sprint cars are 2,000 pounds lighter, obviously, than the stock car stuff. So uh, Eldora and the truck actually did kind of come into play a little bit. Any other phone calls? Is your phone ringing? Uh, what does next year look like? Uh, I don't know as of yet. They're still trying to figure it out. I know Ford's assured me that I'll be in something. I'm just not quite sure where it's at. And uh, hopefully it can be full-time and running for a championship again. Well, Carolyn, you heard the laundry list of cars he's been in this year, and he's had success in every one of them. This is a young driver with a lot ahead in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And to Dave's point, he has made the most out of every yeah. opportunity that he's been given with Ford. Yeah, and I think it's great that Ford has this young man right now uh, in their camp, and that's where they want to keep him and make opportunities for him. But those opportunities come along, and some drivers take advantage of them. Others don't. Uh, you think back to Ryan Priest last year at Joe Gibbs Racing, getting in there, putting his eggs all in one basket, went and did the job. Now he's going to be a cup driver next year in the, in the Cup Series. That's going to be great. Ross Chastain 
just this year getting opportunities from Chip Ganassi. Made the most of that with getting his first Xfinity win. So taking advantage, maximizing those opportunities, and this is a young man that has a tremendous amount of talent. He's going to win races. Uh, it's just a matter of where they decide that he's going to go, but uh, making the most of that opportunity was certainly great to watch him perform at a difficult place. I appreciated the honesty as well, that this yeah. did such great things for his confidence after struggling, thinking, man, yeah. I didn't think we were going to win this thing, and now <laughs> he's in a whole different place because of it. Exactly right. Yep, just uh, being in the right place at the right time and doing your job, Dan, and showing the world that you can do it. Yeah, congratulations to yeah. Chase again. He's going to be in the 60 car, by the way, for Roush Family Racing this coming Saturday at Dover. That race is the first elimination race in the Xfinity Series playoffs. Christopher Bell, the only driver that has advanced to the round of eight at this point. That is thanks to his win at Richmond. Daniel Hemrick is best on points at plus 30 over the cut line. Regular season champion Justin Algar far from safe with just an 11-point cushion. Ross Chastain holding the final spot to advance by nine points over Austin Sindrick. Coming up in the show, we are going to look back to Sunday and a race that was truly, dare I say, revolutionary. More than a trophy on the line at the Charlotte Roval, the best sights and sounds in the latest edition of Scandal next on NASCAR America. This day in NASCAR, October 2nd, 2005, DJ, very big day for you. You earned your 32nd and final victory in the Cup Series on a last lap pass, no less. Yes, uh, I was actually pushing, made a deal with Tony Stewart. Uh, we had a late race restart. I was going to push him to the win, basically, but he made a move to the bottom. I couldn't get there, and it opened the door up to the outside. You never know when, but uh, yeah, we always talk about you don't know when that last win is going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen that day, but uh, uh, what a great victory for our team at Robert Yates Racing. Yeah, you have an age today. Oh, that means <laughs> I was, I looked that old, this old then? <laughs> No, what a great day. Um, Sunday's elimination race on the Charlotte Roval was pretty fun as well. Certainly lived up to the hype. After all the twists and the turns, Ryan Newman emerging with the victory. The radio's on fire. So let's listen back in the first ever Roval edition of Scandal. Charlotte Motor Speedway, easily the most anticipated race of this season. The infield has been reconfigured into a road course. Road course oval. The roval. Hey, race fans! Y'all ready to roval? Tom McLeod all day. Be smart. Have a good day down there, fellas, just like last week. Elimination Sunday is about to begin. Got a flat here. Watch him. Watch him. This guy. Watch this guy. Watch this guy. Oh. I creamed the wall. It was either that or knocked the front end off of it. So I chose the wall. In turn one, they get together. What the f***? Our teammates even four. Flat tire working to me. That was some serious ball snapping in turn one. That needs to be addressed on Monday. We'll address that then. Right now, the race isn't over yet. Easy, easy, easy. All right, he spun out. Oh, hell, he hit you. F***ing idiot. There's no way in hell he's going to make it. They'll pull it. Get off. There's no way. No kid, I barely made it. Get his head out of it. Austin Dillon slammed into the wall. Right side hard, guy. And is there a lot of damage over there? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, we gotta go to the garage, that right front. It's done. Yeah, we're done. Oh! Chance is right behind us, still lose 10 spots. Go yellow. Did Eric get sent by the 17, I wonder? Who was that? I think Stenhouse. Son of a gun. This is the 31 going around of Newman. That old 14 car ain't gonna make the next round. 
Three hit him. One point separating Bowman and now Eric Almirola in the 10. Be a point update. We're by five. It's got to be done 12 and 14. We're out by five or we're in by five. Out. A lot of things can still happen. It's all good. Don't panic. We're going racing with six laps to go. All right, they're going to wreck in front of me. We just got to find the hole through it. Gray, green, green, green. Back up through the gears they go. Leaders wrecking. Leaders wrecking. Stay left. Stay low. Get low. Get low. Get low. Crash. Kislowski, Larson, both into the wall. I did a hell of a job today, and I was terrible. All right, guys. Had no grip. We drove it. My fault. Freaking oil down or something. The one I'm worried about right here, Eric Amarola, he gets caught up in it. I did not hit anything hard, and the 43 plowed into the back of me like he's done all weekend. Kyle Larson, the dominant car of the day, was involved as well. What does the points look like? Doesn't look real hot for the points, so let's just get it fixed and we'll sort it out. Right, but we're currently right now eight points to the good to transfer. Should be a pretty good shape here to go after this thing. Three laps to go from the Charlotte Roval. What's the story? One point, one point. And Almirola passes Suarez will eliminate the 42, I believe. What's it look like now? We're out. I'm aren't I? Yeah. Maybe not. Keep rolling here. Any car that goes off the track is going to help us right now. One lap left. Tell me about the city agency in or out, because I don't want him to wreck me. He's in, but stay ahead of him. Meanwhile, back up front. Jimmy Johnson now pulls to the bumper. Now he goes to the inside. Here comes Jimmy Johnson. Oh! Locks the brakes up. Oh, he's and he's going to slide. The way he you out here. I should clarify, by the way, that I was too busy making fun of DJ at the start of that thing. I said Ryan Newman got the win on Sunday by accident. Apologize to all the Blaney's fans. Of course, it was Ryan Blaney. But honestly, I am fascinated, DJ, by not that portion of it and not even the Jimmy Johnson, Martin Truex Jr. portion of it. It was everything that was happening behind to make the playoffs that was so captivating. I've been shaking my head since Sunday afternoon, just different things popping up in my head, and that brought back a lot of them. What an incredible day. Uh, just so many things going on, it was hard to keep up with. I mean, the last lap in itself, you could do an hour show on. Yeah. What about you, Steve and Jeff? I mean, I know you kind of just relived it. 
Well, my headache had gone away until I just relived it right there, <laughs> of trying to figure out the math as these guys ran. Really, what was most captivating to me was not just the action on the racetrack, but the crew chiefs, how they have the either the ability, the technology, the calculators, whatever it is, they knew all the way to even the 42 trying to pass the 96. They never quit crew chiefing, and the drivers never quit driving for every point. Yeah, from, from the booth, I had, I had made a statement on TV that I thought Jimmy Johnson could race hard, that he didn't need to worry about points. And I looked, and I saw he was only seven points to the good. And then I'm like, well, hold on a minute. He better, he better take care of himself. And then they wrecked. And I have to admit, I didn't even know Blaney won. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching the 48 car to see what he was going to do, and he stopped, and I started counting cars. And, I, I mean, I didn't even know for three or four minutes that, that Blaney had won the race. So there was so much to watch. It was, uh, it was a crazy finish. But the whole day was just a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Uh, it was it was just a really cool day for the sport. So now, I mean, we can blame you for the 48th misfortune. Could he hear you say it was fine? He was going to be I, fine. I, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good <laughs> with it. It is an example of NASCAR taking a risk, making a change, and having it ultimately really pay off big. We're going to talk more about the 2019 rules package in just a little bit on the show. But because we're talking about the Roval and how exciting that was, if you go to NBCSports.com right now, Dustin Long, all of our NASCAR writers on there, currently having a debate about the best finish of the season. It's in the latest edition of Bump and Run. Um, what is your pick so far as you kind of think back to all the great moments we've seen? Oh, well, there's so many choices that, you see, that you'll see. We've got a lot of things that, that if you go there and look, finishes this year have just been incredible. We talk about the racing, how we're going to improve it. Well, we've had some last lap passes. I'm going back to a race that's very partial to me, uh, uh, the Daytona 500 how it came down to Austin Dillon racing Eric Almirola right here, uh, gets into the back of him and goes on and wins the race. Uh, it was just incredible. It shows you how much it means to, to any driver trying to get yourself in that position. But what a great finish. Steve, what about you? Uh, well, I have to go back to uh, one of the early races on NBC this year, and that's uh, Chicagoland. That finish at Chicagoland between the Kyle and Kyle show, Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch, uh, literally duking it out, banging into each other right here. Kyle Larson hooks Kyle Busch. He takes the lead, and Kyle Busch says not so fast. He gets him back down here in three and four. I think what made it the most exciting for me wasn't just this action, but after the checkered flag fell, the two drivers drove up next to each other, gave each other a thumbs up. Like, they're okay with that type of racing. I was excited <laughs> in the booth. I'm excited every time I see the replay. I, I still wonder how hard Kyle Busch would have hit the wall if he wouldn't hit Larson because he was committed, man. <laughs> he drove in there deep. Uh, Carolyn, I, I'm going to go with last week. And, 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 you know, last week's race, we were just talking about it. But, you know, I, I, the reason for me is because of the, the mindset of Jimmy Johnson. Now, here's a seven-time champion, right? He's the only guy in the race that could make that move and it not work out and him not make the next round of playoffs and all of us not just ripping him up because he's a seven-time champion. And that – that mindset going into that race, you think about this, Dale Jarrett and I have both been in this situation. You've been in this situation as a crew chief. When you're trying to make the playoffs or, or go to the next round or a race is hugely important, it, it just, it's everything. Like, it means everything. And Jimmy Johnson obviously didn't have that mentality. His mentality was, I'm going to win this race. Like, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to win this race, even if it means not making the playoffs, the next round of playoffs. And I think that mindset, it, although baffling to me because I was never in a position to do that, that mindset is what, this, what racing's all about. It's just I'm here to win this race and I'm going to do what it takes. And I just, I just can't get out of my mind how cool it is for Jimmy Johnson to be in that place in his life where he can go and make that move and, 
he doesn't make the playoffs next round of it, he's okay. Yeah, I, I think there's something. And this might be a crazy statement. That wouldn't be my first one to make. But I think that Jimmy Johnson has a huge fan base. But there's a lot of people that have been on a side that kind of on the fence that maybe Jimmy doesn't go after it enough and is a little too plain. I think he's going to actually gain fans by not winning the race but taking yeah. that opportunity to try to win that race over what would uh, racing for that championship if he just held there in second place? That's what a lot of people were tweeting us on Victory Lap that they would much rather see a driver go for it than sure. try to advance yeah, on to the next round. Watkins Glen, Indy, New Hampshire, the Roval is really tough to beat. There's a lot of choices. Go to NBCSports.com um, and read the bump and run if you want to kind of have your say and look at some of the other examples. I know Joey Logano probably would love to be added to that <laughs> list of sure. the fantastic finish at Dover. Tomorrow he is going to be the special guest down in Charlotte for Wednesdays with Dale Jr. After Sunday's result and the news today, there are no shortage of topics for Joey. So tune in tomorrow, 5 Eastern, right here on NBCSN. Same time, same place for that. Meantime, coming up, we are getting back to the big story of the day, the new rules package for the 2019 Cup Series. Answering your questions, you can still send them to us. Use the hashtag NASCAR America, and we'll answer them when we come back. Stay with us. Sunday night, Lone Star quarterbacks face off Dak Prescott leading the Cowboys against Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Football night in America is at 7 Eastern. Kickoff at 8.20 Sunday night only on NBC. So in case you are just joining us, NASCAR has announced the 2019 rules package for the Cup Series. Cars will have increased downforce, breaking a trend of reduced downforce over recent seasons. They're also going to have reduced horsepower at intermediate tracks through the use of a smaller tapered spacer and aeroducts going to be used to create tighter racing on most of the bigger ovals in the series. Long story short, this is about speed and about downforce. Is that yeah. fair to say? I mean, yeah. as we kind of have a conversation that includes everyone that everyone can understand, slowing the cars down, downforces increase as well. Yeah, and, and to enhance the competition, uh, give everybody a, a better chance. And uh, NASCAR's put a lot of work, uh, not just NASCAR, but the manufacturers, the teams have all been in this together to uh, make this work. Okay, so we have a couple questions um, that fans have sent in on social media using the hashtag NASCAR America. Thanks for doing that. We'll get through a couple of them now. Scott wants to know, will this create more or less lanes um, if racing at the intermediate tracks. DJ, I'll start with you. Yeah, it's kind of hard to see. Now, you know, again, this is going to be a work in progress to know exactly what will happen. But yes, I believe that it's going to increase that to where uh, you're going to see drivers searching around, trying to keep the RPMs up as much as possible. And if that means moving from the bottom to the middle to the top, that's exactly what we'll see. Steve and Jeff, do you agree? I mean, it, we kind of just have to wait and see here. Well, I'm going to say yes, more and less, depending on the racetrack. And I think the question is truly a question. That's what's going to make it so much fun to watch. There will be tracks where the top works because that's where the grip is, and I feel that may go away. Then there are tracks that we only ever see them run at the bottom, and I think we may see them move up the racetrack to keep the RPMs up like Dale Jarrett said. The truth is... I'm kind of just taking an educated <laughs> guess because we're going to have to wait and see. And I think it could change from the first race to the second at the same track as teams get better with the package. Yeah, I think a place like Michigan where we haven't seen the, the third and fourth lane develop, I think that's a track that we will see it because I think the cars will make enough grip and be, the speed will be down a little bit enough to make it work where now they're on, on edge and there's not enough racetrack grip up there. So I think there it will make a, a, a bigger groove. But at Atlanta where we see them running all over the track, I have no idea what's going to happen there. 
Here's a, a good one, DJ. I know you're partial to the Daytona 500, and mm -hmm. of course, plate tracks have been a huge topic of the day. Um, so Razor's Edge wants to know, will Talladega and Daytona be slower? I think this is something that a lot of fans are wondering when you mention these two tracks that so many people love. They want things to, to stay the same to a certain extent. Yeah, certainly the Daytona 500, because the rules aren't changing there. It's going to be what we saw in the past, what we saw this year. But from that point forward, I don't see the speeds being slower. Again, we won't really know until they get there with the entire package, but I don't think that NASCAR's uh, objective is to make the cars any slower there. Steve, Jeff? I, well, all I will say is I have raced my entire life, 20 years in NASCAR, and never have I been to Daytona or Talladega without a restrictor plate, and that's what we're <laughs> going to see when we go to Talladega in the spring. So I think the fans should come out and pack the place because – your guess is as good as mine on what the race is going to be. A ton more horsepower with a big, big hole. It's like drafting. Used to draft a little car. Now it feels like you're drafting with a tractor-trailer truck. So I expect you're going to see big runs for sure. Yeah, I, I think the big runs you're talking about, I think that's going to happen. I think those two races are going to be, or those three races rather, they're going to be a bit intense. I think they're going to be wilder <laughs> than what we've already seen. All right, this is the one that, that I really liked that was sent in from Connie. Steve, I'm going to throw this to you first because it is a little bit technical, but yeah. maybe you can break it down in a way that kind of makes sense to everyone. Connie admits, and I think a lot of us are thinking the same thing, still not sure of the difference between restrictor plates and tapered spacers. Let's just deal with the first part of that question um, for now. Thanks, Connie, for sending that in. But this is a good one, Steve. So, Carolyn, they basically do the same thing, which is they go underneath the throttle body or the carburetor, basically, where the air goes into the engine, and they restrict the amount of air. The restrictor plate's real simple. It's just a piece of steel. It's not very big, and it has four holes punched in it. The piece of steel is only like an eighth inch thick, basically like four or five credit cards. The taper spacer is like an inch thick, like a good maybe steak. And the, the ability of that taper spacer is it's less sensitive uh, to change, being... I'm talking a scratch on a restrictor plate can change horsepower dramatically. When you start to take that same idea and you make it a one-inch thick piece of aluminum, much less sensitive to machining issues or things like that. NASCAR, just finding a better way to do it. The drivers seem to be a little bit more popular with the tapered spacer. So basically the same effect, less horsepower, just a little bit more consistent way to do it. All right, and another look at the 2019 rules package as well if you're still trying to get a handle on this thing. Um, Jeff and Steve, the biggest takeaway here, though, is that the goal ultimately is better racing. That's absolutely right, Carolyn. The goal is better racing, and it's going to be you got to slow the cars down somehow for corner entry. They did that with horsepower and with drag, and they want the cars basically to race with one another. That's the downforce in the other half of the aerodynamics. There's a lot of details. The simple fact is, Everybody should wait and kind of give them the old eye test. If it looks better to you, then I call it better racing. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of fans sent in as well. You can continue yeah. to send us your questions. Use the hashtag NASCAR America. But I remember one on my Twitter feed saying, hey, listen, if it looks good, I'm all for it. And we <laughs> hope that you guys are too. Um, when you look at the playoff field right now, DJ, Stuart Haas currently making up one-third of that field. And coming up, Dave Burns is going to be back with us to explain why the numbers and the confidence of the drivers favor them actually heading into the round of 12. So more playoff discussion when we continue here on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Wasn't much sleep last couple of nights. Um, the, the little one woke up at 5 a.m. and once you're up and you start thinking about this gremlin that's that's ahead of you today, uh, there wasn't any more sleeping. I, I stood there and watched the sun come up, thinking about uh, the the chicane 
on the back straightaway. Thought about chicane on the front straightaway. Thought about turn eight, how I was going to get off that. I hit the wall in turn eight. Um, just, you know, thought about restarts and things like that. So um, now it's time to think about a cold beer because, my God, I want one. <laughs> Clint Boyer woke up early, but you know what? Then he dug his heels in, he went to work, and he survived the mayhem at the road. will finish third to keep himself in the race for the championship. All four drivers from Stuart Haas Racing, Boyer, Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, ended up advancing to the round of 12. And Dave Burns tells us why they are feeling bullish about the next three weeks. Hey, Carolyn, crazy, isn't it? All four Stuart Haas racing cars into the second round, and their outlook is pretty good. Kevin Harvick rolls in with his 50, 50 playoff points and a pretty good look at the next three tracks where he won in Dover earlier this year, he won at Kansas, and he finished fourth at the whoever really knows Talladega racetrack. When Clint Boyer is in a good mood, he finishes better, and these next three tracks should have him smiling. He's a two-time winner at Talladega. He finished second at Dover, and the Kansas cutoff race, psh, it's a home game for him. Kurt Busch finished an average of fifth when the series visited the next three tracks earlier this year. That and his 14 playoff points, you would think, would get him to the round of eight. And after Eric Almirola finished pinballing his way through the Roval on Sunday, he'll have to be pretty optimistic looking at the tracks to come. Good early season finishes at Dover and Kansas, and restrictor plate racing does not bother him. Just ask Daytona. He's won there, almost won there in February, and he should be good to go at Talladega. One more thing on the Dover race this weekend. Stuart Haas Racing, they finished first, second, fifth, and 11th. So it begs the question, who's the monster now? <laughs> Great report there from Dave Burns outlining why the whole team really should be excited about this round and pointing towards Dover. I know that in our NASCAR Fantasy League, you have picked Kevin Harvick to win this whole entire thing, and his confidence level must be sky high heading into Dover. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm not the only one to pick Kevin Harvick <laughs> to do that. Bet. It was it's kind a yes. safe bet. But I think this entire organization, it shows how good they really are. And uh, I think the first round, we kind of knew that was going to be a challenge for everyone involved. Obviously, uh, Kevin Harvick had enough points to, to get him through and, and everything. But let's look at this next round. I believe this really favors uh, these four drivers being able to possibly move on into the round of eight. Uh, you can see they do very, very well at these. Boyer at Talladega, he's won there before. So I put him in, in a situation that if he needs to get that done, uh, then he's very capable of that. So uh, don't think that, that just because it's going to pare down after these three races that the, all of these drivers don't have an opportunity to get there. They're very good. They continue to get better, and, and I think working together all year long has helped all of them become better. It means the pressure's on everybody else. So I'll be fascinated yeah. to hear Joey Logano tomorrow on NASCAR America maybe discuss what he may be up against with Stuart Haas performing the way that they do at these next round of tracks. Coming up next here today, back to the big news of the day. If you have questions for Steve, Jeff, and DJ, use that hashtag NASCAR America. We're going to answer a few more when we come back. So with us. So we know last fall Kyle Busch conquered the Monster Mile. Can he do it again and take another step towards the championship? That's a big question. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs at Dover. That is Sunday at 2 Eastern. That one's right here on NBCSN. Okay, so the big news of the day, NASCAR hoping to increase side-by-side -side racing with its 2019 rules package for the Monster Energy Cup Series. Car is going to have more downforce, taller spoiler, larger splitter, wider radiator pan, intermediate tracks, a very big focus of this. At many of those tracks, horsepower is going to be reduced, aero ducts going to be used to create tighter racing. 
that's the Cliff's Notes version. Um, and fans have been sending us thoughts and ideas and questions all day. We do have one more we want to get to. Um, this one from Dallas. Which manufacturer do you think will grasp the new rules package first? That's a great question, DJ. Oh, if I only had that answer, my gosh, wouldn't that be great to know that ahead of time? Uh, and I'll add one thing about the, the rules package quickly is that not only side-by-side -side racing, but the passing that it takes up front. You know, a lot of times we've seen the leader get out front and not be able to get called and be passed at, and at certain places. And I think this is going to enhance that opportunity for that to happen. But to answer that question the fan just had, let's go to the experts at the garage. Maybe they've got a better answer than <laughs> I have. Look into the crystal ball oh. for us. Yeah. Don't put us on a line with an answer. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have the answer either, DJ. I do know this. I, the team and the driver that's going to benefit the most is the best team and the best driver because they're still going to matter. You know, I think that a uh, concern that some have expressed with this package is that driver ain't going to matter anymore. That's 100% wrong. The driver's going to matter. He mattered yesterday. He's going to matter tomorrow. He's always mattered. That's not going to change. Well, and I think I look back at the Roval, right? When the Roval was first announced, there were a lot of drivers that were very vocal about it not being what they were hoping for. They were like, like the one-and-a-half-mile normal Charlotte configuration. But as the weekend got closer, we saw the professionalism rise up. In the end, they all put their helmets on. They all strapped in the seats, and they all did their best and put on a great show. I think the rules will be the same way. We're going to hear a lot of noise out of Dover. The drivers are going to give their opinions as they should, as they have every right to do. But in the end... 36 trophies will be given out next year. A championship trophy will be given out. So what manufacturer will have the biggest advantage? I don't think any. I think whichever one buckles down and finds what the new setup is that matches this horsepower and aerodynamic downforce. But, Jeff, ultimately, just to close things out, uh, very big day for the sport in terms of what's ahead next season. It's a huge sport. NASCAR wouldn't be making this change if they didn't feel like the racing was going to be better. I can promise you that. NASCAR is not going to make a change and say, hey, we want to show the fans racing that's not as fun to watch and not as exciting, not as, you know, this, this change is made because they have a great deal of confidence this is going to be a better race for the fans to watch. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the breakdown of what to expect in the 2019 season. We certainly have a lot of racing to do in these playoffs. Yes, and we look forward to talking to, to Joey Logano tomorrow on NASCAR America. Wednesdays with Dale Jr. That's 5 p.m. right here. Uh, you can always go to NBCSports.com if you want to weigh in on the bump and run as well. I know that Nate Ryan and Dustin Long are just cranking right now trying to <laughs> translate everything that we learned today from this rules package. So plenty there as well. We'll see you tomorrow for Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Same time, same place, and then again on Thursday. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.